Radio Drama Revival is brought to you in part by Audible, curator of the world's largest collection of audiobooks and audio drama. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash radio drama to support this show and to sign up for your free trial in which you get a free book or drama. And without hesitation, I recommend you download the new title Lock and Key, which I produced for Audible with my friends at the Audio Comics Company. It's good. Take a listen. Sometimes a key locks you in. And sometimes, it locks you out. But not at Key House, where every key unlocks the past, the paranormal, the evil that lurks within. Introducing Lock and Key, an audio drama that will haunt you for years. From the best-selling graphic novel by Joe Hill and Gabrielle Rodriguez comes a spine-tingling thriller so vivid you'll want to listen with your eyes closed. Featuring Academy Award nominee Haley Joel Osment as Sam Lesser. You were dead! I liked it that way! Golden Globe Award nominee Tatiana Maslany as Dodge. Is that you, Bodie? Playing ghost? I heard you talking to your mother about turning into a ghost. Emmy Award winner Kate Mulgrew as Candace Whedon. Do it if you're gonna do it. Push me. Live the horror of Key House, where evil might lurk in the room next door. Or right in front of you. Get the audio drama exclusively from Audible. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash radiodrama. And thanks. And welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here, here, news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And uh, you just heard a promo for Lock and Key, uh, which we featured last week, and is kind of the uh, a fantastic show, sort of a milestone in the medium, frankly, in my opinion, of Audible entering the audio drama space in a big way, and uh, allowing, giving me a professional opportunity to work on a fantastic show as well as uh, show what a really excellent source material combined with high-end uh, audio drama production can sound like. And we've gotten rave reviews so far. Hope you get the chance to listen to it as well. It's free through November 4th. And even after it's no longer free, it is well worth your Audible credit. And you can get a free account, audibletrial.com forward slash radiodrama and support this show in the process. That being said, you like free, we got free this week. Uh, now, you've heard uh, the work of Audio Comics on Radio Drum Revival before. Um, that is, uh, Audio Comics is uh, William Dufries, Lance Roger Axt, and Elaine Lee. Uh, they have done a number of uh, adaptations of graphic novels um, from independent producers over the years, and uh, that's you know sort of how Lock and Key came about, uh, was, was taking things to the next level on that track. Um, however, they also, uh, particularly Bill and I, have a real love of the macabre, and we've always, uh, you know, we're, we're local friends to each other and always talk about spooky stuff that scares us. And, uh, you know, one of the first audio drama titles I got into in, in the modern age was what Bill was doing with the uh, Rocky Coast Radio Theater, now been rebranded as Horror Scopes. And um, long story short, we got to make one together. Um, he used uh, some of the location techniques uh, that we learned uh, working together on Lock and Key, and 
made a new sort of fresh adaptation of the Edgar Allan Poe Mask of the Red Death with uh, what I call kind of the all-star break gang, uh, some of the finest actors that we get to work with here in uh, the main area, as well as uh, a few people who are passing through. Audiophile Magazine has this big uh, lobster bake up in the middle of Maine in July, and it brings uh, narrators from around the world to Maine. And we sort of snagged a few of them to go into this uh, weekend of crazy recording while they're on their way to a lobster dinner, kind of fun stuff. Uh, so that's how we got this piece, The Mask of the Red Death, um, uh, by audio comics and for the horoscopes series presented here as a feature on radio Dumb revival kind of an exclusive so huge thanks to audio comics uh for that and bill uh i did the location sound for this and bill basically did everything else hope you enjoy uh this runs a little over an hour the mask of the red death by edgar Allan poe the mask of the Red Death by Edgar Allan Poe Adapted for audio comics by Michael Wilson Directed by William Dufries Hey, Salvatore, get your nose out of that book. It's your turn to drive the wagon. No, it's still your turn. We... Switch off every three hours, remember? Well, by the sun's position in the sky, I mark it's been at least three hours since you've driven these mangy horses. I beg to differ, Antonio, according to this beautiful clock watch here at my side. My ship doesn't begin for another half hour. Don't you mention that blasted clock watch to me. I can't believe you accepted that hunk of junk as payment instead of gold. Hunk of junk? This is a Nuremberg egg. German craftsmanship of the highest quality. It's worth three or four times our normal fee. Uh, you'll be lucky to trade that thing for a sack of potatoes. Worthless, Salvatore. Clocks are meant to stand in the hall or sit on the mantle. They're not something to be carried around with you. These are going to be all the rage, Antonio. Mark my word. I think it's pretty, Salvatore. May I see it? Here you go, love. Oh, my, it's heavier than it looks. It is a pretty thing, but Antonio's right. We need money, not trinkets. You never want for money, Rosario, not with the fees you charge for your private performances. <laughs> you certainly couldn't afford me. Besides, what I do with my own time is my business. A girl has to look out for herself. Isn't that right, Isabel? I suppose. What do you get up to with those men, Rosario, you know, when you're alone with them? Not nearly so much as you might imagine. Just a lot of flirting, a few kisses, and the occasional promise I never intend to keep. It's just another acting job, really. In a much more intimate venue. Yeah. Speaking of venues, when are you going to tell us about our next engagement, Salvatore? We've been driving along the coastline for days, but I have no idea where we're headed, and none of this territory is familiar. It doesn't really matter where we're going. One city's about the same as another. That's just it. As far as I can tell, we've steadily been moving away from the cities. There's nothing but the ocean on one side and countryside on the other, small villages, feudal lands. Not to worry. We'll soon be there. And this will be, without a doubt, our most profitable performance ever. The largest audience we've ever had with the finest, most appreciative and discriminating patrons. We've all heard that before. That's what you said about that theater in Caserta. Harvest Festival in Sardinia. Have a little faith. I promise this one will be different. Mm -hmm. I trust you, Salvatore. 
interrupts you, Salvatore. Ugh! I hate the way you always kiss up to him. I'm not kissing up to him. I really do trust him. <laughs> Naive little fool. Oh. Sorry, I'll play nice. That's not one of my strengths. So I've noticed. Isabella, just ignore her. That's hard to do sometimes. Well, I know what might distract you. I'll read aloud to you. Oh, oh please, God, no. no. I can't bear to hear another one of those stupid French comedies. One of those unbearable Italian romances. No, no, this is nothing like that. This is a medical pamphlet published just last month, being a treatise on the consumptive plague ravaging Europe, commonly called the Red Death. Oh, that's even worse. The Red Death has long devastated our country. No pestilence has ever been so fatal or so hideous. Blood is its avatar and its seal. The redness and the horror of blood. The symptoms are sharp pains, sudden dizziness, and then profuse bleeding at the pores with dissolution. The scarlet stains upon the body, and especially upon the face, of the victim serve as the pest ban, which shuts him out from the aid and from the sympathy of his fellow men. And the whole of the seizure, progress, and termination of the disease occurs within a mere half hour. Salvatore, why are you bothering to read about something we can see everywhere we look around us? Hundreds of bodies stacked outside the walls of every city, death cries throughout the night. Oh, I thought the pamphlet might explain the cause of the plague. Everyone knows the cause. It's the filth in the cities. It's rats, vermin. No, it's God's judgment. Too many people living sinful lives. Oh, nonsense. If God killed people because of sinful lives, Rosario would be dead a dozen times. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Like you're such a saint. <laughs> well, by comparison, anyone would be. Oh, my motto is eat, drink, and be merry. That's from the Bible. You know, the only verse I ever <laughs> yes, it comes right before, but God said, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. <laughs> so, what explanation does your medical pamphlet give for this plague, the horrible red death? Sadly, no explanations, just descriptions, really. Well then, if you're quite finished with your useless reading, you should take over the driving duties now. Uh, I'd be glad to, but there's no need, really. <laughs> We've almost reached our destination. We should be able to see it once we reach the crest of this ridge. Out here, in the middle of nowhere. At least in the middle of nowhere, we don't have to worry about encountering the Red Death. Oh! No. Oh. oh! What's that oh. smell? Something rotten! Oh. Burning, there's smoke. There must be a fire up ahead. <laughs> oh, God! Careful, Antonio! The horses are panicking! It's not my fault! This is god-awful smell in the... <laughs> Salvatore, there's something wrong up ahead. I think I'm going to be sick. Oh, I can't breathe. We're coming to the top of the ridge. Antonio, keep the horses moving forward. No. Oh, there's a fire up ahead in those woods. We've got to turn back. Oh, look, there's a sign nailed to that tree. What does it say? It's hard to see through this smoke. Cuore della... Cuore della peste. For the love of God, turn back. What are you doing? Let go of those harnesses! Leave our horses alone, damn you! Cuore della peste! Cool monk's saying, Salvatore! Uh, Cuore della peste! It means the heart of the plague! What? Oh my god! Heart of the plague! It means the source! Where the disease flows from! Mother of God! Why have you come here? Don't you know what this place is? This is a no man's land! A Gehenna! 
a valley filled with the corpses of those slain by the Red Death. The plague is only in the cities. Everyone knows that. We've seen the mounds of bloodstained bodies outside the city walls. And where do you think those bodies are taken? In the death wagons that travel from city to city. They're all brought here to this hell on earth. There are thousands of bodies delivered every day. This is the most dangerous, contagious place in all the kingdom. Cuore della peste! No, I didn't know any of this. This is the only route to the castle. What castle? Where it's, are we going? It's there, the highest hill there between this valley and the ocean. I can't see anything for all the smoke. You're going to Prince Prospero's castle? You're bigger fools than I imagined. You must really have a death wish. The Dark Prince? No, to hell with that. We're not going any farther. Oh, but we've got to go. I've heard the Dark Prince is very rich and very handsome. He holds the Black Mass every Sunday at midnight. That's not the worst thing he does by far. Salvatore, how could you plan this without telling me? I wanted to surprise you. Surprise you with something good. Oh, I know you've all been Salvatore. disappointed with the past few bookings. Disappointed? I've started to forget what money looks like. Here. Look at this contract. A hundred acres of choice farmland granted to each of us, and a wagon full of gold for the four of us to split equally. We'll be as rich as lords when we leave Prospero's castle. You shall never leave the castle. Prince Prospero routinely makes such promises to lure people into his lair, but no one ever leaves. Listen to me, young people, as you would listen to the voice of God. Your only chance to live is to turn this wagon around right now and ride as fast as you can back to your homes! This is not out of our way, Brother Dominic. They're expected at the castle. No, Captain, you're mistaken. These are merely lost travelers. I was sending them on their way. Ah, but you're lying as usual, priest. Their company name is painted on the side of their wagon, and that man there is holding a parchment with the royal seal. You are the improvisatory, yes? Yes. We're here by invitation of Prince Prospero. You mean by order of Prince Prospero. Guests are invited. Servants and performers are commanded. Don't get above your station, actors. Easy, friend. No need to talk down to us. I'll talk to you however I please, peasant. I've already had my fill of jesters, singers, and acrobats. But the prince continues to bring more of you refuse to the castle. Let's leave! Let's leave now! <laughs> Too late for that, wench. My men and I are escorting you to the castle. You can either go with us or become another corpse on the fire. God in heaven. Prayers won't help them now, priest. I know, Captain. I sent my last prayer to our lord long ago. After the prince took my sister from me. <laughs> I'll tell her hello for you, Brother Dominic. Guard, prepare the horses. Yes, sir. Hey! Hey, what are you doing? He's wrapping cheesecloth around the horses' muzzles. Soaked with a potion that calms them. Keeps them from smelling the corpses. How about some of that for us? Let's be on our way. I'll travel ahead of you. The other guards will ride behind and stay on the path. The only way out of this valley is through it. As if we had any choice. Uh, yeah! Horses, go!
must be what hell looks like. And smells like. Feels like. Uh, don't worry. We won't have to endure this for long. <laughs> Look, you can see the castle from here. It's very imposing. Yeah, does that mean ugly? If so, I agree with you. No, no, it's not that bad. It has a sort of sinister charm to it. You're just romanticizing it because of the rich prince who lives there. What's wrong with that? Romance is part of the job, isn't it? It's what we improvisatory do. Speaking of our job, exactly what sort of performance are we supposed to give Prince Prosper? What does he want? It's the body adventures of a wicked woman, I'm sure. It's what all men want to see. No, a melodrama. A lady in distress, rescued by a knight. The prince will imagine himself as the hero while he watches us. No, a comedy. That's the proper distraction for a prince. Uh, trust me, there will be time for all of that. This is an extended engagement. What does that mean? Move those corpses! I've told you before, there should never be bodies close to the gates. At least a hundred yards away. Move them and open the gates! Open the gates! What's that Latin inscription above the entrance? It says abandon all hope ye no. who enter here. No, it says heed verum solum. It means only truth. Yes, only truth. Oh my God! Look up there! between the gates! More corpses? But those weren't taken by the Red Death. They've been murdered. Hanged by the neck! And look there, higher up! My God! Those were impaled against the wall! Ah, yes! I see you're all admiring the ornaments hanging above you. Mark them well! They are performers who displeased the prince. Displeased him how? They weren't enthusiastic enough for the prince's taste. What were they? Uh, dancers? Uh, uh, singers? Improvisatory. <laughs> Every last one of those rotters. <laughs> You've got a hell of a lot to answer for when we get out of this, Salvatore. I mean, if we get out of here. Oh, my God. <sighs> what the hell is that? A wall of glass? Glass? Oh, surely not. It circles the entire castle. But I can see through it. It's hazy, but I can see people moving around on the other side. It can't be glass. It's moving. It's more like smoke. But it shimmers with light. Moving, colorful lights. Magician, pull back your shield. I have the actors the prince requires. Bring them through quickly, Captain. I can't hold this breach for long. It's a magical wall. Witchcraft. A spell? The work of a powerful magician. You heard the magician. Move through, quickly. Yeah, faster. Oh. 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 Come now, out of the wagon. Come, come, come. You all got through just in time. That was a close one, Magician. The shield seems to snap closed quicker each time. As I've explained before, Captain, with this sort of spell, it's much harder to open the shield than to maintain it. Strictly speaking, it was never designed to be opened once it was put in place. He speaks of sorcery as if it were merely some everyday affair, like cooking or gardening. To him, it is. This is Simon Magus, our court magician. I take it none of you are magicians? Not even of the performing variety? No, we're improvisatory. Oh, well, more's the pity. Magicians of any sort seem to survive a bit longer than other entertainers. Uh, see here, uh, all this talk of performers not surviving. It's obviously more than talk. You saw the ghastly gallery of failures on the way in. 
To be sure, your chances of survival are slim. But take heart. The prince is in a particularly good mood tonight. I hear you're actually getting an audience with him before your performance. An audience? With this lot? Yes. Apparently, Prince Prospero has grown weary of actors guessing at his tastes in theater. So he's going to give this company some more direct guidance. He doesn't want his special night ruined. What sort of special night? Oh, tonight. The prince is commemorating six months of safe haven from the plague by hosting a mask. A mask? Yes, a masquerade ball. Costume gentry and royalty hiding behind masks to celebrate the fact that they've successfully hidden from the Red Death for half a year. That's a worthy cause for celebration. Indeed it is. And your acting troupe's performance will be the finale of this event. So we don't have any time to waste, actors. Follow me. The guards will take your horses and wagon to the livery. But wait, we need our props. And our costumes. Anything you need will be provided for you. Leave your gear in the wagon and follow me. This way, improvisatory, through the grand concourse. Salvatore, if we don't please this prince, he's going to kill us. I understand that, Isabella. Just think of it as a powerful motivation for giving our best performance. But you dragged us into this uh, without uh, consulting us, without even warning us. Don't blame Ow. him, Isabella. Men never think things through, especially when they're blinded by the promise of satisfied desires. He wasn't blinded by anything. He went into this with his eyes open. This was just a calculated risk for him. What are you saying, Antonio? I'm saying you knew that Prince Prospero kills the actors who displease him, but you brought us here anyway because you're arrogant enough to think that our troop is better than all the rest. You really just believe we can earn that land and that wagon of gold? Of course I believe that, because it's the truth. <sighs> Don't you see? We're going to live through this ordeal. We're going to live through it, and yes, we will get the land and the gold. But more importantly, we'll earn favor with the prince. Oh, we'll be known see. now and forever as the greatest improvisatory oh. who have ever lived. We can retire as legends and live in splendor. Oh, 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 oh what a marvelous speech. Truly inspiring. I think your actors almost believed you. Ah, here we are. The atrium. This is where all the entertainers prepare. Oh, this is beautiful. Those trees hung with lanterns. It's like an oh, indoor garden. Oh. I have some visitors for you. Your latest batch of improvisatory. Well, it's about damn time. I was afraid I was going to have to put the mummers on instead. And you know how the prince hates pantomime. Drogo is the prince's major domo, his right hand. He'll get you squared away. All right, Magus. Let's see what you brought me. Ah, two pretty lasses. Now let me guess. You play all the virgins and nuns. <laughs> And you play all the strumpets. <laughs> he certainly got you girls sorted out. And as for you two strapping young blokes, you're the director of the troupe. You give yourself all the lead roles. And you're the workhorse that takes the parts he doesn't find challenging. 
Andy's hit the bullseye with you blokes as well. You have a remarkable gift, Don Drogo. Are you sure you aren't a sorcerer of some kind? No sorcery, Magus. Just experience and observation. I'll leave the sorcery to you. Yes. Well, I'll leave these actors in your charge. I've got work to do. Checking the ward shield spell, winding the ebony clock, a few other enchantments before midnight. Good luck, improvisatory. I look forward to your performance. All right, actors, look sharp. Time is short, so listen closely. This, as you know, is the castle of Prince Prospero. Now, six months ago, the prince gathered a hundred of the most elevated personages in the kingdom to weather out the storm with him. The storm better known as the Red Death. Extra gates and walls were built, and after the guests were safely inside, Simon Magus cast a warding spell to create a protective shield around the castle. Nothing can get in or out, man, animal, or disease, without Simon Magus lifting the magical shield. We are all protected from the Red Death here. It is a rare thing for the shield to be lifted. Once a month on the night of the new moon, supply wagons are allowed in, and the dustbins and honey wagons are sent out. Honey wagons? What's a honey wagon? It's a wagon that carries a excrement, a dung. It's for hauling out the shield. <clears throat> I'm trying to explain something important. The only other time the shield is lifted is to allow entertainers in. To the prince, People such as you aren't really people at all. You're just commodities to be used. Now that's the brutal truth of it. And once he grows weary of you, he'll toss you aside and bring in fresh meat. That's the story of my life. You are the fresh meat now. So the goal is to stay fresh. As long as the prince and his guests stay entertained, you'll be safe. Now, in less than an hour, you'll be given your first performance for Prince Prospero. Hopefully, the first of many. Wait, wait, how many performances? How long are we staying here? <laughs> if you're not executed, you'll stay here until the plague has run its course. Why, I said uh, an extended engagement. You're about to be taken into Prince Prospero's court. This is an unprecedented event. His Royal Highness has never before demanded to meet performers in person. Now, my understanding is that because of his disappointment with previous improvisational performers, he wants to give your group some specific instructions about what he would like to see. That sounds like a good thing. It's certainly not a bad thing. Now, here, take these masks. One for each of you. The masquerade ball is in full flourish right now, and I want you all to blend in as we make our way to the royal court. I'll don my mask as well. You see, I become a fierce dragon. Here, you take this one, Isabella. The classic butterfly design. Sickeningly sweet. Very pretty. I'll take this red one with horns. A she-devil. Take your pick, Antonio. I'll take the steed. Well, I guess that leaves me with the wolf. Well done. Our menagerie is now assembled. Let's make our way to the royal court. Follow me.
Passing through the first chamber of the prince's party suite, there are seven chambers in all. How beautiful and strange. The whole chamber is bright blue. Yes, the painted borders, the polished stone floors, the carpeting, the hanging curtains. All of them tinted a deep sea blue. And look there, the stained glass windows crafted with the same dark, beautiful hue. There are no lanterns in this room, no lamps on the walls, no chandelier hanging from the ceiling. No. This room is illumined by large hanging braziers of fire hung from tripods outside of each of the stained glass windows. What's the point of that? The prince has peculiar artistic tastes. Look what the light does to the shadows, the way it plays across people's faces and bodies. It allows for a multitude of gaudy and fantastic appearances. You'll see the effect demonstrated even more clearly in the next room, the purple chamber. Come along. This room is beautiful as well, but the purple makes me feel uneasy somehow. Well, the only thing making me uneasy is seeing all these rich women in their beautiful gowns. I feel so shabby compared to them. Nonsense, my dear. You're an absolute treasure. There's a huge wardrobe back in the atrium. You can borrow any gown you'd like. Okay. Now let's hurry to the next chamber. <laughs> and here we are. First blue, then purple, and now green. I don't really see the point. Prince Prospero worked very closely with Simon Magus on choosing the colors for these chambers. Apparently colors send out some sort of Spiritual energy. You've actually got that backwards, Don Drogo. Ah, Madame Domenica. I see you're still wandering the royal chambers this evening. Well, a fortune teller's work is never done, especially with this lot. There are none more gullible than the gentry. And you're wrong about the colors, Don Drogo. They don't send out spiritual energy. They draw in spiritual energy. For what purpose? It requires living energy to fuel the ebony clock. They know nothing of the ebony clock, Madame Domenica. They are actors, newly arrived at the castle. They have yet to hear the chiming of the hour. Well, it's nearing midnight. They'll hear it and feel it soon enough. Well, what is this ebony clock? I'm quite the clock enthusiast myself. I own a Nuremberg egg that I carry on my travels. See? Well, I hope you didn't pay much for that trinket. They lose time horribly, as much as three hours a day. I told you it was a hunk of junk. The ebony clock isn't just a timepiece. It's a type of magical appliance. It's the mechanism that powers all of Simon Magus's spells and charms. I'd like to see it. That'll happen soon enough. Madame Domenica, this has been a pleasant distraction, but we must be on our way. These improvisatori are to perform within the hour, and they must make their preparations now. Of course, Don Drogo. But allow me just a moment before you go. Young lady, would you please do me the honor of wearing this necklace during your performance tonight? Oh, what a lovely stone. But why? It's a good luck talisman. I thought someone in your company should wear it, considering the fate of the actors who have come before you. It would be an honor, Madame Dominica. Here, let me put it around your neck. I need you to distract Androgo. Keep him occupied with your charms for just a moment. Please, trust me. Oh, Madame, the 
this necklace is truly beautiful. Don't you think so, Don Drogo? Uh, yes, it's uh, very nice. Oh, you should have a closer look, Don Drogo. See how it looks. Here, Wolf Mask. I have no flowers to give you, but consider this an opening night gift. Read these letters before you take the stage. They may improve your improvisational skills. Don Drogo, it's been such a pleasure, but I know you must hurry. Young people, I look forward to seeing your play tonight. I'm sure it will be very powerful. Thank you. Thank you Come on then, actors, quickly, quickly. Orange is stranger than the other colors we've seen? In a way, it's not a color I usually see on carpets or walls. <laughs> oh, I dare say, that fearsome dragon who just entered the room must be Don Drogo. I'd recognize him anywhere. <laughs> yes, he can cover his face, but he cannot hide that massive frame. <laughs> I was actually speaking of the confidence of his stature, Countess, and the authority of his stride. Of course you were, Vincenzo. Of course you were. He's traveling with an entourage this evening. Yes, four young people Fit and beautiful. Mm, they have the bodies of dancers, of athletes. Perhaps their masks hide less than beautiful faces. Lady Minotti, must you always assume the worst? I'm not assuming anything, Don Orsini. I'm just stating a distinct possibility. Uh, they must be the latest batch of actors. Those are the only new faces or bodies we ever see in this place. Good evening, Don Drogo. We were just admiring your mind. Marvelous mask. And your delightful new companion. Ah, Countess Forte, you look stunning as usual. The Harlequin mask suits you. Yes, except that Harlequins are mute, and the Countess is decidedly not mute. I'm ignoring <laughs> you as usual, Doctor. And thank you, Don Drogo. I've received many compliments about my costume this evening. And still, she fishes for more. One of the acrobats has hurt himself. Improvisatory, stay here. Don't leave this chamber until I return. I've got to tend to this. Don't worry, Don Drogo. We'll entertain your new friends while you're away. Stay put, actors. I mean it. I'll resolve as soon as I can. He moves quickly for such a large man, doesn't he? The Countess seems positively obsessed these days. She's playing an angle, Doctor. The quickest way to the prince is through his major domo. Uh, you always see an ulterior motive, don't you? Please, I'm a practical woman. I know there's always an ulterior motive. Ulterior motives make life worth living. Ah, a woman after my own heart. I'm sure that attitude serves you well in your profession. You're an actress, yes? Yes. I'm called Rosario. My companions are Isabella. Hello. Antonio. Milady. And our intrepid director, Salvatore. At your service, milady. We are Migliore Improvisatori. Migliore. The best. Such confidence. Well, at the rate Prince Prospero's been dispatching actors, it's bound to be true. They probably are the best actors in the kingdom, simply because they're the only actors left in the kingdom. 
This blunt fellow is Dr. Vincenzo. He's a professor, well-schooled in the theatrical arts. Do you teach theater, Doctor? Oh, no, nothing so pedestrian as teaching. Those who can do, those who can't teach, and those who can't teach become theater critics. <laughs> <laughs> At least I have a profession, unlike you idle rich. Oh. Please forgive all the bickering improvisatory. We've been cloistered here together for too long. We're actually all very good friends. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Orsini. And the good doctor is being a trifle unkind in his description of us as Idle rich. We all have professions as well. Countess Forte here, for example, raises beautiful hothouse flowers. I specialize in lilies. It's a burgeoning business, a full time endeavor for a host of dedicated servants. I supply lilies to churches all throughout the kingdom. I only see lilies in church at Easter. And at funerals, my dear. At funerals. That's the bulk of my business. And with the Red Death running amok, I can barely keep up with the demand. And the lovely Lady Monotti is one of her best customers, since her profession seems to be that of burying husbands. John Orsini, whatever are you suggesting? Nothing, my dear. I'm merely commenting on the astounding coincidence that a lady as young as yourself has survived five husbands. Five very wealthy husbands. <sighs> yes. Sadly, it has been my fate to marry men who all died quite young. It is very mysterious circumstances. So you see, honorable or not, we all have some sort of profession. But, Don Orsini, we haven't heard your profession yet. I am a scholar of sorts. <laughs> and what is it you study? Pleasure in all its multitude of variety. And is your research ongoing? Always. My work never ends. In fact, my dear Rosario, I was hoping to discuss a new and exciting study with you after your performance tonight. In your private chambers, no doubt. Where else? She does it so effortlessly. <laughs> she has a gift. All right, Improvisatory, the crisis has been dealt with. No more time for small talk. We need to get moving. We can't keep the prince waiting. Uh, it was my pleasure. My pleasure. Charming. Charms me. Wait, don't tell me your sensitive soul is feeling uneasy because of the color in here. No, just the opposite. This is the only room where I don't feel anything. Or rather, I feel free. Yes, the white chamber. As you can see, it's the least popular room. None of the prince's guests like it here. I love it here. There'll be time enough to return here, my little butterfly. But for now, we must press on. Have we circled back? This looks like the purple room. Purple, you idiot! This is violet! I swear, it's as if men can only see three colors. It looks purple to me. There's a subtle difference between the two. Well, there's a very good reason why the 
Prince chose these colors. They made So tell me, what color is that ribbon tied around those letters the fortune teller gave you? Is it purple or violet? Neither. It's what my mother would call lavender. Hmm. There's hope for you yet. So, what's in those letters that Dominica passed to you? They must be important. Are they gone? Let me open them. They're all addressed to my dear brother, Dominic. Her name is Dominica. So this Dominic could be her twin brother. Hey, the monk who met us on the road, the one who tried to keep us away from here, didn't the captain call him brother, Dominic? Yes, and he mentioned something about his sister. His sister who was taken away by the prince. So what are these letters? They're almost like a diary. Letters she wrote knowing it would never be safe to mail them. Well, the walls, floors, carpets, and curtains are pitch black. You can see by the light of the braziers that the windows are... Red. Blood red. It's thrilling. Sensual. It sickens me. And there stands the ebony clock. There against the western wall. It's beautiful. It's ghastly. The sound of it bores into my skull. Look, there. Look. Closely, it's not just the ebony clock against the wall. There's a man there. Simon Magus. Welcome, improvisatory. I'm delighted to meet you all again so soon. There was a necessary last-minute adjustment to make to the clock. The midnight chime, critical to so many things. I hope it's more pleasant than the sound of this pendulum. When the minute hand makes the circuit of the face and the hour is to be stricken, there will come from the brazen lungs of this clock a sound which is clear and loud and deep. And exceedingly musical. Yes, quite so. Yes, it is so peculiar a note and emphasis that at the lapse of each hour, the musicians throughout the castle are constrained to pause momentarily in their performances to hearken to the sound. Thus, naturally, the waltzers cease their evolutions and there is a brief disconcert of everyone, guests and servants alike. And while the chimes of the clock are yet ringing, I often observe that the giddiest grow pale and the more aged and sedate pass their hands over their brows as if in confused reverie or meditation. But when the echoes are fully ceased, a light laughter will once again pervade the assembly. The musicians will look at each other and smile as if at their own nervousness and folly. And they all make whispering vows to each other that the next chiming of the clock should produce in them no similar emotion. <laughs> You'll hear the ebony clock chime soon enough, improvisatory. Go now and meet the prince. 
prepare for your command performance. This way, actors. <sighs> Young ones, behind this door is the court of Prince Prospero. Prince Prospero, the dark prince. A breach of protocol in his court doesn't mean embarrassment, it means death. Don't speak to him unless he speaks to you and requires a response. Don't look him in the eye. If you are ever standing on the same level as the prince, make sure you bow low enough to keep your head lower than his. And don't challenge anything he says. Any questions? Don Drogo, do you think we can please Prince Prospero? Anything is possible, child. Take heart, troopers. Fame and fortune lie ahead. Lands and gold await us. Your Royal Highness, may I present? What is it, trooper players called? Migliori Improvisatori. Migliori Improvisatori. Ah! The actors are finally here. Just in time to be the final event of my masquerade ball. Welcome, Improvisatori. Come in and greet your prince. Greetings, your royal highness. Take off those masks. Let me get a good look at your faces. Ah, yes. The men's faces are strong and bold, and the women's faces are fetching and full of life. Very promising. Very promising indeed. Why do you all avert your gaze? Why do none of you look me in the eye? We were instructed otherwise, sire. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But let us have none of that royalty and subject nonsense. Look at me. All of you, look at me as equals. There. That's better. Do you see how easy it is to please me? I tell you to do something, and then you do it. It's a simple philosophy to live by. I'm not a hard man to please. You understand that, don't you? Ah, yes, you vixen. I can tell by the fire in your eyes. You tell a man what you want and he gives it to you immediately and without question. You have that power, don't you? More often than not, your highness. But you also know how to please, how to serve. Oh, indeed I do, sire. No doubt you saw the corpses of Improvisatori who displeased me on your way in. Did they frighten you, little one? Yes, sire. They terrified me. Of course they did. How do you think you can avoid their fate? We should do exactly as you say? Exactly as I say. You know the secret. Every jester in this place is ready with a joke or a bit of buffoonery when I'm in the mood for comedy. Every singer has a song when I need a tune. All the acrobats can twist and tumble and fly at a moment's notice. And every musician is a master of his instrument. Indeed, all of the performers throughout the castle are ready to do exactly what I say whenever I say it. 
except for the cursed improvisatory. I've been safely entrenched in this castle for six months now, and I've been through 17 companies of improvisational actors. 17. You're the 18th. I don't want any more unnecessary bloodshed. <laughs> I simply want to be entertained. Surely that's not too much to ask. Therefore, I thought it best to hold this meeting with you before your performance, so I can inform you of my expectations. Are you familiar with my family's motto? Uh, is it the inscription over the main gate of the castle, Your Highness? Id huerum solum? Only truth. Yes, only truth. Truth, you see, is the forgotten virtue in today's world. The church rules the masses with its lies about heaven and hell and sin. Governments create fear and loyalty with their lies about national honor and patriotism, until millions have marched off willingly to die for God and country on the basis of these lies. I wage no such wars, yet I am called evil and labeled the Dark Prince. Yes, I indulge in sensuous dark pursuits and I take pleasure in violence, but what of it? At least I am honest about what I want, about what I like. I don't hide my true self from anyone. I am the most honest monarch who has ever ruled. So this is what I demand of you, improvisatory. I want you to perform a drama for me based upon my own life. I want you to present heroic truthfulness on stage for all to see. Is that clear? Uh, yes, Your Highness, that's clear. And we are happy to perform a biographical drama for you. Such plays are our forte. But may I ask, well, do you have any um, information we can use? You know, for research and preparation? <laughs> preparation? Preparation? Improvisatoria actors who create and perform without preparation. That is the whole point of the art. If you require preparation, then it is a lie to call yourselves improvisatory. And you know how I feel about lies. Idwerum solum. Idwerum solum, indeed. Don Drogo, escort these improvisatory to the performance hall and assemble all the revelers there. The fabulous Migliori Improvisatori will begin their performance immediately. Make haste! Everyone to the performance hall. Salvatore, what are we going to do? He's tasked us with something impossible. It's no wonder none have survived before us. If we create a play about the prince, even a flattering one, he'll say we've lied and violated his family's credo. But if we mount a play based on the few rumors we've heard, we'll make him look like a monster. Damned if we do. Damned if we don't. He's arrogant enough to believe we can divine his heroic truthfulness without knowing anything about him. We do know something about him. What's in those letters that Dominica passed to you? Here. Everyone take some of them. Read them, glean what you can, and follow my lead when we take the stage. Hi, revelers, to the performance hall. Hi, <laughs> hurry, revelers, to the performance hall. Come on, don't go, come on, keep moving. The performance is about to begin. Everyone to the performance hall. Another performance, I wonder how this is. <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, I trust you have enjoyed this mask, our costumed celebration of our continued victory over the Red Death. Our revels are almost at an end for the evening, for the ebony clock will soon strike midnight. But we have one more entertainment before we retire. We have a new company of actors who wish to entertain us with an improvised piece about yours truly. I have consulted with them and I have been assured that their performance will be on a level far above those we've seen from their predecessors. Without further ado, I present to you Migliore Improvisatori! Everyone follow my lead. Rosario, you know what to do. My lords, ladies and gentlemen, and all you oafs and groundlings who sneaked in somehow. Tonight, we present to you a story from Prince Prospero's youth. family credo, we call this piece Id Verum Solum, Only Truth. Once upon a time, there was a young girl, a maiden who pledged herself as a novice to the Holy Order. While touring some nearby villages, young Prince Prospero took notice of this innocent girl on her way to morning prayers. He stopped her in her tracks and said, Beautiful maid, I am your prince. Come join your life with mine. Rule now with me in Castle Keep. All that I have is thine. Although flattered, the young girl would not be moved from her decision of fate. Alas, kind sir, I cannot go. My heart is not my own. The church will be my lifelong home. I live for God alone. Puzzled and angered that anyone could make such a selfless decision, Prince Prospero tried to force the girl's hand with threats. My speech was merely courtesy, a token of goodwill. But I will use you as I choose. I'll maim, I'll hurt, I'll kill. But threats from a mere man didn't frighten this girl who had pledged her heart to heaven. I know that you can take me. I'm weak and you are strong. But though you violate me and though you do me wrong, my soul belongs to heaven. So kill me if you choose. I'll win eternal glory, the prize that you shall lose. Prince Prospero's baser instincts finally took over. Seeing that he could not persuade the girl, he kidnapped her and took her to his castle by force. I'll use your body till I'm bored, and then I'll take your mind, and then, my dear, I'll... Stop this travesty! Lies and fictions, all of it! I ask you for truth, and you give me the gossip and rumors that have plagued me all my life! 
Yes, I enjoy fleshly, sensual acts. Everyone knows that. And I, a forceful ruler, I take what I want. I don't apologize for it, but parading out pity mythology such as this, it sickens me. Guards, execute them. Do it here for all to see. Was that girl, that innocent, that maiden? He stole me away from my family. Dominica, shut your mouth. He used me like a harlot until he tired of me. And then he made me a slave. He gave me the most demeaning jobs in his household, emptying his chamber pots and scrubbing his soiled linens. Forget your place, woman. And when I turned 30 years old and asked to return to the convent, he refused and said I should become his spiritual advisor here in the castle instead with terror cards and tea leaves. He made a mockery of my faith and stole my future from me. I gave you a future, you foolish hag. Guard, take her over there with the actors. <laughs> Execute her along with them. Captain, I want you to make an example of these five. Give them the most brutal and painful deaths you can devise. As you command, sire, I can assure you my men and I have bold imaginations. Fear not, my friends. The prince and his men are unwittingly granting us an easy release from this earthly trap. He could do far worse. The most brutal and painful death ever devised by man or nature is just outside these castle walls. The Cuore della Peste. The heart of the play. Hush, woman, are you mad? He'll hear you. Brilliant suggestion, Dominica. Captain, drive them out into certain and agonizing death. Open the shield. Uh, Your Highness, the shield was closed just a short while ago. To open it again this soon. Do as I say, Megas. We must drive them out into the night. Uh, oh, I shall finally be set free. I'm opening the shield now. Out with you, vermin. Open the outer gates, Captain, and drive them into the scarlet arms of the pestilence! Open the gates! Open the gates! Oh, great, so adorable! Find your love. We'll together. This can't be any worse than staying in that castle. Do you rotten odds either way? Oh, dear God! Does anyone else see that? What? That man walking towards us, towards the castle. Yes. But he's not walking exactly. He appears to be floating, like early morning mist or the smoke from the pyres. What's he wearing? A shroud? And his mask. It's the face of a corpse. I see him now. Oh, good Lord, I can see. I can see through him. And is that a mask he's sporting? Or his true visage? The soldiers and revelers inside, they don't seem to notice him. Notice him. Look at his face. His face is covered in blood. A scarlet horror. Close the gates! 
They blocked that horrible thing inside with them. I've changed my mind. I think our odds of survival are much better now outside those castle walls. Oh, well, yes. on into the night, friends. Follow me. My brother's monastery should be this way. It's been a long time, but I think I can remember the way. Good. I know a lot of monk jokes. <laughs> Entertainments are at an end for the evening. But we will resume our bacchanalia again on the morrow. <laughs> yes, hopefully there are more than 18 troops of improvisatori in the country, so we can hire another one again tomorrow. Perhaps they'll last more than one night. <laughs> Perhaps they will. Yes. Wait, you there, the reveler clothed in shrouds. You dare to wear that mask, depicting yourself as the Red Death? Wait, where do you think you're going? Halt! Who dares insult us with this blasphemous mockery? Seize him and unmask him, that we may know whom we have to hang at sunrise from the battlement! What are you waiting for, Captain? Seize him! Why are the soldiers doing I nothing? Don't... They seem frozen. Look, the prince is following him. Then we should follow the prince. At a safe distance, of course. Of course, of course. That goes without saying. Oh, the God. Prince. Follow the prince. Let's yes, go. Follow the prince. Yes, go This outrage. They're in the violet chamber now. Let's, Let's go. go. Follow. Oh. No one's here. Do you think the prince followed him into the black chamber? Of course he did. He's our prince. He's relentless. Our brave prince. That's right. We must follow him. We'll follow the prince. We'll follow the prince. Let's go. Yes. Go in quickly. Oh, my God. Let's put an end to this foolishness. Turn, sir, and unmask yourself, after which you shall taste the cold steel of my blade. I command you to turn and face your doom! No! My clock has stopped. Help! The prince is murdered! Where are the guards? For God's sake, make way! Let us through! Let us through! Seize that man! 
Come here, you! Take off that mask! Take off his shroud! These clothes are empty. There's nothing here. There's nothing here! There's nothing here! And now was acknowledged the presence of the Red Death. He had come like a thief in the night. And one by one dropped the revelers in the blood-bedewed halls of their revel, and died, each in the despairing posture of his fall. The life of the ebony clock went out with that of Prince Prospero, and the flames of the tripods expired and darkness, and decay, and the Red Death held illimitable dominion over all. All right, hope you enjoyed that fresh take on Edgar Allan Poe. That was Mask of the Red Death. If you like stuff like it, check out Audio Comics, as well as the Audio Comics and Final Rune production of Lock and Key for Audible, audible.com forward slash lock and key, L-O-C-K-E and key, and check it out. Uh, there will be more spooky stuff before October is over here in Radio Drum Revival next week, uh, looking at a piece by Campfire Radio Theater. Um, they've done some stuff that scared the hell out of us over the years and they don't disappoint next week so um stay tuned for that um if you can't set your appetite in the meantime over hundreds of hours of programming at radiodramarevival.com um and you can just go under genre look for horror and surf through there download what sounds interesting um you can find us on itunes or the google play market um we have an app Radio Drum Revival, as well as, of course, our podcast, Radio Drum Revival, which is also on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Radio Drama. On Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Radio Drama Revival. And that is a wrap for this week. Radio Drum Revival, produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh, submissions editor Monique Boudreau of Oral Stage Studios, copyright of individual shows, remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival is a production of Radio Drama Revival LLC. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.